This and every episode of Wrecked Podcast is brought to you by Beeksy Exchange, an upcoming cryptocurrency exchange built in collaboration with One Market Data. Beeksy is bringing legacy finance speed, power, and sophistication to crypto for the first time. With 225,000 transactions per second per pair, comparable to NASDAQ, 15 order types on day one, with 25 order types on full rollout, and a dedicated customer support team, Beeksy is setting itself apart from the competition. Check out Beeksy today at Beeksy.com and pre-register today at Beeksy.com slash registration to get your free Beeksy exchange tokens. That's Beeksy.com, B-E-A-X-Y dot com. Randy, and this is Wrecked. Hello and welcome, everybody. It's Chamber here, alone again, unfortunately. Uh, Bun Shu, I did hear from him. He was uh, stuck on a runway somewhere in the U.S. Uh, he'll be with us on the next show, but uh, I'm steering the ship again. Last time was okay. Hopefully, it'll be even better today. Uh, I have with me the man, the myth, the legend, Non-Dual Randy. Randy, how you doing today? What's up, Chamber man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, you know. Uh, I, I get, uh, I always get worried when I'm uh, steering the ship by myself, but uh, things have been going okay. Uh, Bunchu, obviously, the leader of the pack here, uh, he has a more, uh, more of a captain feel about him. So I'm more of the shit talker and the joke maker. Uh, so it's, uh, I'm a little, a little out of my element today, but we'll, uh, we'll make do. Yeah, I know how that goes. I have. Uh... Coin Yeezy is uh, the CEO of the crew here too. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, I think you and me are on similar wavelengths. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I think, I think, I think Bunchu is my Coin Yeezy, and uh, so uh, I think we're gonna get along just fine today. But before we start, uh, we're just gonna take a quick break. Uh, we have a great new sponsor, Lolly, and uh, I just want to talk to you about that just for a second. Hey everyone, it's Chamber here. If you're interested in accumulating Bitcoin, you need to check out Lolly. That's L-O-L-L-I. You can find them at lolly.com and on Twitter at TryLolly. Lolly is a free browser extension that lets you earn Bitcoin when you shop online. For every purchase at one of the Lolly merchants, you can earn up to 30% Bitcoin back directly to your wallet. Lolly has partnered with over 500 merchants, including Jet, Overstock, SeatGeek, and Priceline. Lolly is safe and completely free to use. It's a great way to earn and share Bitcoin with family and friends. Don't miss out on your chance to accumulate more Bitcoin for the next bull run. Check it out at lolly.com. That's L-O-L-L-I.com. And on Twitter, at TryLolly. And we're back. That was a great commercial. I did a live read, and uh, I think it was pretty good. So, Randy. Yo. I got to start by asking the, the boring questions to start, uh, but how did you get into crypto? Uh, yeah, uh, crypto was an interesting story for me. I, I guess I heard about it for the first time in 2010. Oh, wow. My friend was like, check this out. You can buy drugs online. 
That's what um, I'm talking. I didn't have that friend. I, I was complaining about it on the last show. I'm a, I'm, you know, I've, I've gone on the record saying I'm a pretty big drug guy, and I've always felt very upset that I never had that friend to introduce me to Bitcoin in. Like 2000, you're saying 2010? That might be the earliest we've heard so far. Uh, maybe we've 2011. Don't, I don't still, if you're, I, th I think the earliest I've heard so far was 2013. So out of yeah. almost 100 shows, this is, you're, you're, you've heard, you have the record for the earliest of hearing about it. Right. Heard about it, but did not, uh, right. <laughs> did not uh, make any uh, financial decisions based Fair on enough. it. I Fair was, enough. Fair enough. You know, I was a broke kid just out of high school and, uh, and I heard about it for the first time. And then, Again, in it, it, six years later, in 2017, uh, I reached out to CoinYeezy's software development company because I had an application idea. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm a graphic designer, product designer by right. trade. And so I had designed this app and I had this idea. And um, I, had, I had been using this app that was created by CoinYeezy's software company. And it was a beautiful application and I thought it was so cool. So I just contacted them through their contact form and who, you know, on the other line was freaking coin easy. So that's how we <laughs> met. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And, um, he was like, Oh, by the way, he liked my idea. And he was like, Oh, by the way, have you heard about this thing called Bitcoin? And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I have no interest in that. Then again, uh, from, from like friends from college and from, uh, friends that I grew up with multiple times, people asked me, Hey, have you heard about this Bitcoin thing? Uh, obviously the price was going up, but I didn't, I didn't even know that at the time. Um, I didn't even know that it was like, uh, uh something that people speculated on. Um, so at some point I realized that all of these, you know, kind of signals were coming to me from multiple different places in my life. And I said, Oh shit, I should probably pay attention to this thing. Uh, so I went online and watched a, a, like a two minute video and watched a couple of other videos from Andreas. And then I reached out to CoinEasy and sent him a long email um, about my kind of understanding of what the blockchain is and, and what Bitcoin is supposed to be or was meant to be. And he said, yes, that's a great start. Why don't you, you know, download Telegram and join the crypto aquarium uh, and make a Twitter account basically. So that's what I did. And here we are. And the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, yeah. I bought some. Uh, I bought some for the first time on the day of the BCH hard fork. So, so what I would that, that have been? I, I think that's August one, twenty seventeen. I think so. Yeah, I think that. I know it was late summer. And so, I, I obviously I did well with that, um, but it was really the the Twitter stuff. Uh, once it got going, it kind of took on a life of its own and that's what really got me in, involved in this stuff full time well i've been i've been watching you for since i've been in uh since i've been in, in crypto I, I got in i bought my first bitcoin a little later than you did unfortunately uh maybe like november 2017 um but you know as it was going down i was trying to get into more things and i remember there was something like i know you had something to do with the uh with the Pepe cards, correct? You're, you're involved with that as well? Yeah, I'm a founder of, of Pepe Dapp, which is uh, basically a marketplace where artists can come to us and um, upload their artwork to our marketplace and then sell that artwork at whatever uh, price they choose. Now, Pepe Dapp's actually really great. I have a bunch of those. I'm a big Pepe Dapp fan. But there was something prior to that, if, if memory serves me correct, that was like, uh, was it like Crypto All-Stars or, or yeah, something on those crypto lines? Yeah, Crypto All-Stars. That, that was where I got my start uh, in product. 
within the crypto industry. And I remember that kind of took off pretty well too, right? It was, uh, I know there was some kind of some shit that happened afterwards, but I thought it was pretty popular right off the bat. And then I, I didn't get involved in that one. But then I, when I knew you were involved with Pepe Dapp, that's when I'm like, okay, I, get, I, I like this idea. I like the idea of collectibles on the blockchain. Um, so no, I've, I've, been, I've been following you, you pretty closely for a while now. Yeah, so Crypto All-Stars was kind of my, my start. I designed and wrote the copy for the entire website. Basically what happened was a developer reached out to me that I had had uh, conversations with from the Crypto Aquarium and from uh, like a private entrepreneurial group within Telegram mm-hmm. and said, hey, I have this idea, check it out. And I was like, dude, we could blow this thing up. This is an amazing idea. And it was. It was basically all it was it was the idea was you could uh buy and flip um trading cards that were based on the most popular crypto twitter accounts i love that so much now at the time that would have been would have been early 2018 yes yeah so i wasn't i had just gotten involved with crypto twitter but you say that today i mean that could we should try to revive that somehow i don't know if you're working on that but that that sounds like a great a great idea no, I've leveled up. We're working on much bigger ideas now, but uh, and we'll talk about that <laughs> later, I guess. But fair enough. Um, yeah, I thought I, I, as soon as I saw the idea, I said this could be huge, and I can design this, and I can write this, and I can market this. So let's do it. Um, so we did, and it blew up. Uh, Naval retweeted something about it. Um, Charlie Lee was talking about it. Basically, we had the entire uh, crypto industry. Every there was there was no way to avoid crypto right. stars, and so everyone. Uh, was really hyped on it, um, but you know, at the time I was I was very inexperienced. Uh, obviously, both within the blockchain space and within the entrepreneurial kind of sure. Uh, my first kind of successful, uh, I guess you could call it business endeavor, but it was really just a project. And I was working with a developer that I did not know personally, and, and that's really where things uh, went downhill from there. Crypto All Stars ended up being a failed project. Um, but it taught me so much and it, and it enabled me to to kind of move on into mm-hmm. Pepe Dap and then later Honey Miner. Right. And now we have uh, multiple things happening that are, are very exciting. So it was a big enabler for me. Uh, you know, one of my biggest failures in life, but it was uh, it was a huge learning experience. And well, I think that that pays for itself, uh, you know, multiple times over when you have experiences like that where it's something completely new you, you you know you dive in feet first and you know maybe it didn't the, the outcome wasn't what you wanted but at the end of the day you're picking up a ton of valuable uh information and valuable lessons and you can obviously tell like you said if if pepe dap you know blossomed out of crypto all-stars i mean you guys it was a 10 out of 10 when that launched i, I would in my in my opinion yeah, both both of those were huge, huge launches, extremely popular. Um, and what we learned from Crypto All Stars was that um, it's not a good idea to create an application that allows users to buy uh, and own, you know, provably own on the blockchain, but not be able to sell them at a, a price that they choose. So then we we created Pepe Dab, which is an open marketplace where right. users can purchase and choose their sell price. And uh, creators or artists can upload and choose their initial sell price and their initial supply. So, I remember it, my, my my favorite part about uh, Pepe Dapper. My favorite moment was when you had to buy or you had to have 
um, the uh, Kim Jong-un and the Trump cards, and then you would get airdrop the Dennis Rodman card. Yeah, that was amazing because that was my favorite time. Yeah, it it, it really did play heavily on the memes of the time. I love it. it. And it still it continues to to do that. We uh, we we had a hold low knot card recently when uh, when that whole debacle went down. And, uh, you know, we continue to just kind of, I would say, create a history of memes within the crypto space. And, and that's what we do to this day. I love it. The little, little snapshots of, uh, of, of the time. Totally. We have some really funny cards. Uh, John McAfee snorting cocaine with a bunch well, of we, hookers. I don't, I don't know if you know this. We actually had John McAfee on the show. Right. And you, yeah, I did know that. And, you and we him showed the, him the his card and he, he was pretty impressed himself. So. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, that, that's fun when you can, when you can kind of come full circle and the guy that you're, you know, creating the meme about is, is a fan. So that's that, I thought that was pretty fun too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure his camp brought up like hundreds of those cards, honestly. (laughs) That's awesome. We can't know for sure, but. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But I mean, you could probably make a, a, a educated guess there. Okay. So let's, uh, let's move on here. Obviously this is wrecked podcast. And we got to ask some wreck. We got to get some wreck stories out of you. So, do you have a crypto wrecked story that you can uh, share with us? Yeah. So I I have a couple of wreck big wrecked uh, investment stories uh, uh, within within crypto. Generally, anything that was shilled to me by a Twitter trader during my earliest kind of mm-hmm. three to six to eight months in yeah. the space uh, ended up being huge losses. Obviously, since uh, I feel your pain there. Yeah, there was there was like York was like a Komodo maximalist, mm-hmm. uh, and I I purchased a ton of that and and got wrecked super wrecked on that. But my biggest wrecked uh, experience was on Overstock OSTK, which is crypto related, right? They invest right. heavily into Bitcoin and, and other cryptocurrencies, but mm-hmm. uh, and Raven, I believe. Yes, they did. Yeah. But uh, I uh, there was there was a a podcast or a, or a YouTube interview with the founder of Overstock coming out. Um, and I had heard about the news early and the price of Overstock at the time was something like $34. Um, and I got the tip and I bought, uh, I overextended myself sure. <laughs> in, in Overstock. Uh, and the price went up overnight, something like $44. So it was 10 bucks a share I made, which was really Beautiful. great. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't experienced enough to know that it was time to get out. Right, and I believe today the price of Overstock is something like ten dollars. <laughs> oh no, <a> share. <laughs> it's so the shitcoin of the stock market. Yeah, but uh, I, I uh, as the price of Bitcoin continues to go back up, the the price of Overstock will will mirror, uh, mirror that. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully we can get out at some point. But that, <laughs> is, that is my biggest wreck story, and it did. It, it, Waiting still, for thirty five dollars. <laughs> Well, you know, hopefully I can get to 20, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Hey, absolutely. No, I uh, I actually just bought, uh, or hopefully bought close to the bottom of, you mentioned Komodo. I, I just bought a bag of that for the first time. So hopefully that uh, that works out. So, um, no, I'm, I'm with you though. I, uh, I was a big, you know, I didn't know how to trade. And, you know, people who I thought, and, you know, probably well-intentioned folks on Twitter, um, we're, we're shilling some coins that, yeah, I got absolutely devastated on. So, um, again, probably well-intentioned at the time. Nobody, maybe some people saw the, the market collapsing the way it did, but, uh, yeah, uh, there's some bags, you know, you look at it today where maybe you spent a couple hundred bucks on a bag and you know, that, that bag's not worth 
twelve dollars. <laughs> yeah, pa- kind of painful. Lot of, a lot of people went through that, and I think generally the the philosophy around posting your trades on Twitter is buy my bags so I can dump on you. Absolutely. Um, unless you're using a cryptocurrency for its intended use, you are speculating, 100%. and generally. Uh, speculators make money when other people push the price up. Mm-hmm. So we've don't learned buy a lot in the last uh, in the last uh, you know sixteen months or so. Yeah, don't don't buy Twitter bags. Do not buy Twitter bags. You can buy my Twitter bags, but don't buy anybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we got a crypto wreck story. Uh, do you have by chance a real life wreck story? Yeah. So uh, recently, I moved. Uh-huh. And uh, during my move, I rented a U-Haul. And as I pulled up to my new apartment, my beautiful new apartment, and I was about to move all my stuff in, I, the back of the U-Haul has like an extended kind of it, – it comes out just like an inch. It's like a steel step yep, that I you know can what use to get into the U-Haul. And that steel step took out some guy's entire – bumper basically oh, on his no. brand new car yeah and uh i i stopped i looked for the guy i, I didn't see anyone everyone who was walking around just kind of walked by <laughs> so i you know i just kind of pulled up parked the car and yep forgot about it and we started moving my stuff in uh then later that that same day uh the guy came out and he was like hey somebody told me you busted my car up what the hell and I was like, yeah, that was me. I uh, I was looking for you, and I didn't see you. And then I was planning on telling you, um, you know, when I was done moving all my shit in so that I could deal with this afterwards. Because obviously moving is a big pain in the ass. 100%. The last thing you want to do is get into an accident with all your fucking oh, stuff in the back no of a truck. Uh, so I ended up spending about five extra hours on a, you know, 16-hour move day dealing with this guy and his problems and now how was he was he reasonable about it like to he me- was he was generally reasonable but he was kind of a pain in my ass because at first he was like just give me 500 bucks and we'll call it a day okay and then he kind of went back on his word and called the cops and they had to come and report oh and come on and i had to i had to get the u-haul back to u-haul by a certain time sure yeah of course so i was trying to give him my phone number and id so that when the cops came because they were taking forever, mm-hmm. I could, you know, bring the U-Haul back and come back and deal with it. Right. Uh, so what ended up happening was we waited around three hours for the cops. They didn't come. I told the guy, hey, if you don't take my ID and phone number now, he, he refused to take my ID and phone number for hours. Really? And so I was like, if you don't take my ID and phone number now, uh, you know. Like I'm gone. I'm, yeah, you're done because yeah. I got to get this U-Haul back. <laughs> so he took my information down. I went and brought the U-Haul back. I got some food and then I went back to my new apartment and he was still sitting outside with the police. And so then I talked to everybody and uh, we ended up resolving it in cash, which was great because even with the police there. Yeah. Well, I didn't have the extended U-Haul insurance. So whatever it was, it was going to cost me money. He had insurance on his car. You know, I don't own a car, so I didn't have car insurance. And so what happened was his car insurance premium was going to go up along with the cost for the repair. So uh, we settled on a number that was higher than the original 500 bucks that he offered me. Uh, and uh, I just uh, got the cash, got rid of the guy, 
got my new apartment and everything's good now. That's good. Well, I'm glad to hear that the ending was was okay. But I'm telling you, this is like the third moving uh, horror story that I've heard in like the last two weeks. Fun- moving sucks, dude. Oh, I, I was talking about the last show. It's like my number one fear. Like I, I, I don't want to make another decision because I feel like any other decision I make will require me to leave. We just had a, a another baby uh, last year, and I'm like, congratulations. Shit. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, it's overrated. Uh, I, I'm not <laughs> ever. Most people, most people have kids. Uh, you know, keeping them alive for you know, call, call me in twenty years. If I kept them alive for twenty years, then you can congratulate me. These things are these things are dangerous thing items to have in your home. Yeah, having uh, a baby's I, easy. Keeping a baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thing, these things hurt themselves consistently. So, um, but yeah, so you know, we we were thinking of moving. Uh, and I, I thought, you know, I was going to have a freaking panic attack uh, with a new baby and trying to move. So we, we put the brakes on that. But Bunchu just moved and he had kind of a, a, a not a similar issue, but, you know, he was just about to uh, he was about to leave. He's waiting for the movers to come in. And the day of the move, his movers bailed on him. Uh, and he had to last minute rent a U-Haul, pack the truck himself and drive like, I don't know, I think it was like six hours to his new place. I'm like this is uh, that's just a horror story right there. Yeah, you know it was it, everything was good, and I was like, this is the best way to move is to just and the cheapest is just get your own U-Haul, hire a couple of guys up the street, yep. and just move all your shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after the fact, I realized that it's probably best to leave it to the professionals. I agree. I think that was Bunchu's first time using professionals too, so he was he was feeling like an adult about it. Uh, and then yeah, bailed on the last uh, at the, on him at the last minute. So uh, yeah, so this is just even pumping the brakes even more for me for, for trying to move. So I might postpone another year. I was thinking about maybe moving at the end of the summer, but I think, I think we're going to have to wait for the spring. Okay, so we are going to talk a bit, a little bit about the news. So this first news story I have, Randy, um, I'll read it to you. I just want your feedback on it. Um, this here is from thenextweb.com. FBI asks victims of bankrupt Quadriga CX cryptocurrency exchange to start snitching. Um, so this is kind of interesting. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is stepping into uh, a probe on defunct Canadian cryptocurrency exchange Quadriga CX. Uh, in an announcement yesterday, the FBI asked victims affected by Quadriga CX um, to come forward and complete a questionnaire. Uh, to aid on a, quote, ongoing investigation. Uh, it's kind of funny. This questionnaire is like, uh, you know, what username did you have? Um, what was the approximate account balance in U.S. dollars on January 31st? Um, <laughs> some, of these, some of these were great. Uh, do you have transaction identica- identification numbers, deposit addresses, or hot wallet addresses? Like, freaking FBI, get out of my business. Like, I don't know. How do you feel about the, quad- first of all, I should ask you, how do you feel about the Quadriga CX, um, you know, whole debacle as a rule? Are you buying the official he died in India story? You know, we can speculate on what happened all we want. Oh, I we can. <laughs> that generally it's best to uh, to continue best practices within cryptocurrency and that those best practices are if you don't hold your money off an exchange, then you do not own your money. So to mm-hmm. anyone who got hacked on Quadriga or got wrecked on Quadriga, sorry to hear it, buddy, but, uh, you know, it's your own fault. 
You're damn right it is. Uh, see, now, obviously, you don't want to hold on there. I actually, I live in Canada myself. I had a Quadriga account, uh, but the only reason I had one was to, uh, I had my bank account linked to it. Um, so I could, you know, drop my Bitcoin in there, convert it to, you know, Canadian dollars, and then immediately deposit it into my bank account. So at, at the very most, you know, my Bitcoin's on there for maybe 24 hours. And then obviously the transaction time between Quadriga and depositing into my account. So yeah, that's yeah. rough if you're using it at the time. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine? Yeah. There's one guy, I think we, we, we've been reporting on this Quadriga story for a while now. Um, I believe there was one guy in California that was like moving to Canada and like transferred like 300,000 or 400,000 worth of Bitcoin. And basically was doing that. It was on, it was on their site for like, like a day and they were just kind of converting it to, to Canadian dollars and, 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 and it happened then. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough break because yeah, you can you talk, know. yeah, you can talk about carrying your keys, you know, all you want. But at the end of the day, if you got to, if you got to swap into, you know, either USD or, or CAD, uh, you know, there's only, I don't know how else to do it. Um, so. is, is there, is there not too many Canadian exchanges that will, and because, can Canadians use Gemini or Coinbase? Um, not so I can uh, I can use Coinbase. I've never used Gemini. Um, so originally I used to use Coinbase. Um, I could deposit or I could transfer money to um, to Coinbase to convert my dollars into um, into Bitcoin, but I couldn't convert it back and then send it back. So it's kind of like a one way street. So there's a couple, like I use one now called, and I think it was, I think it was Not So Fast that recommended this one to me. So shout out to him. And it works pretty good. It's called ShakePay. They're a Canadian one. There's also, I believe it's like uh, Coin, uh, I forget. There's another Coin one um, that apparently is pretty reputable too that I, I haven't used yet. But yeah, I believe you can. There use aren't very o many. OKX. OKX. Oh, can, you can do it on OKX too, eh? Never tried that one. Maybe. Maybe. It's a, it's a possible maybe. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Um, what, yeah, FBI coming into Canada, asking people about, you know, their, their Bitcoin transactions and their, I, I don't like it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. But the next story, uh, you might, you know, you might like this one. This is from uh, The Block. Uh, and this is local, bit, local Bitcoins confirms removal of in-person cash trades. So peer-to-peer -peer exchange and escrow service local bitcoins has confirmed the removal of in-person in-person cash trades. Uh, the option has been disabled since uh, Saturday, June first. Uh, before that, local bitcoins users could choose in-person cash as an option uh, when buying and selling bitcoins. Now, I've, we've talked to a lot of people on the show over the over the over the months, um, and and a lot of people started using uh, local bitcoins. Did you ever you ever use that? Sorry, yeah. Um, I never did use local bitcoins, but I have uh, close friends who have uh, and have used it for in-person cash transactions. Um, generally, I think you know most people will say that regulation is what we need here mm -hmm. in the crypto space. Uh, in order to comply with regulation, you got to kind of do what the government says. So. I'm not I'm not like mad about it. If I wanted to do an in-person cash transaction with Bitcoin, uh, it's up to me to do it. And 
Right. If that's the case, then I can just go on freaking Craigslist and post it. Exactly. You know? It always seemed uh, like I never thought it was a good idea. To me, that just seems crazy. You know, these back alley in-person deals on Bitcoin. Um, I don't know. I just feel like they could go wrong somehow. I, I never heard many stories of it actually going wrong. It just felt like it could go wrong. Of course, right? I mean, if you look back on Bitcoin's history, there's a lot of shady stuff that's gone down within the space and on Bitcoin talk and in other forums. So right. generally, you know, keep yourself safe. Don't die for Bitcoin, right? This just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's a good, that don't die for Bitcoin is uh, the hashtag for today. So hashtag don't die for Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you, you could say beyond just don't die for Bitcoin. It's like people treat this stuff like it's a religion where, you know, they're, they get so angry about which, which, uh, distributed ledger you choose uh, as your kind of favorite right and it's just not that important right keep your family safe keep yourself safe enjoy your life don't be an idiot we get so caught up in this bubble especially on twitter where we think this stuff is like Real like life. it actually matters, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, at the end of the day, we're all, you know, we're all we're all flower food. Um so, yeah, don't die for Bitcoin. I like that. That's some good advice here from uh from Nandil Randy. People have, people have. You damn right people have. Uh so, or at least and, and in Quadriga CX's case, maybe fake dying for Bitcoin, so. Uh, yeah, fake dying, <laughs> also real dying uh, around a lot of people died around the um Mount Gox hack. Right, one hundred percent. Long before my time. Me too. Oh, I wish I. Yeah, I wish. I wish I had one. Uh, yeah, I wish I. I wish I had had bitcoins on Mount Gox. Said no one ever. Yeah. <laughs> At least I would have known about it, so that would have been okay. Um, but yeah, I was more. Yeah, I wanted to get involved with the Silk Road at some point. That, that's my one. My one regret in life is I never purchased anything on the Silk Road. Um, so live and learn. Well, maybe the maybe there'll be a new one. I'm sure there's a local uh, delivery service you can get involved. You know in. what? I okay. Speaking of local delivery service, uh, to those of you in Canada, I don't know if you can use this in the U.S. I had a coworker um, recommend this to me. I do a lot of traveling for work, so I'm in different parts of Canada all the time. And in Canada, uh, you know, marijuana is legal now. Uh, I know it is in in certain states in the U.S. Um, so you know, I'm not a big drinker. I like to get high. Um, so I like to unwind at the end of a work day. I will, I will stop by a dispensary and I started using, uh, this app called weed maps. I have to imagine it's in the U S too, but highly recommend. Um, it's, it's very sophisticated app. It will tell you, you know, all the, it'll pop up a map and show you all the dispensaries or even, uh, you know, mobile, you know, mobile dispensaries i guess people will come right to your house on bicycle uh yeah and... weed maps is a legitimate business they have uh oh you so you are familiar with i wasn't sure if it was in the u.s or not so that's good to hear yeah Le they have a they actually have like a local spot in uh in the lower east side of manhattan i'm not sure what they actually do there but there's a physical location of interesting weed there. interesting yeah big fan of weed like a maps. storefront yeah. interesting i wonder what yeah I wonder, yeah i'm uh yeah big fan so if uh, if you're like me and you travel a lot and you want to you find that dispensary, uh, just download the free app. Uh, highly recommend. That's a unsolicited plug for weed apps. Um, but, so we're gonna move on here. 
Uh, I could talk about weed maps all day. Um, we're going to move on. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Um, you know, we talk a little crypto on the show, but we also like to have a little bit of fun. We wanted, we like to get to know our guests a little bit. So I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. All right. So are you ready for this, Randy? Yes, do it. Okay. These are uh, some of this. Some of these will be crypto related. Some of these won't be. We'll start off with an easy one. Non-dual Randy. What is your favorite movie? The Matrix. Great call. Uh, For the record, my wife uh, has never seen The Matrix. I'm a huge fan. Now, are you one of these people? I was listening to a podcast or watching a show and they got into the like the entire Matrix universe, including like the I feel like there, are there anime cartoons or something along those lines that you're aware of? Not that I'm aware of, but I, probably. Yeah. So apparently, like, there's even more like storyline to get through besides the movies. Um, now, did you see this in theater when it first came out? Yes. And did it blow your mind? Like it blew my mind. It did. It stuck with me. And then later when I got older and I knew more things, I, you know, I've watched it a million times since I was a kid. And That's awesome. Well, I think I you might really, be a little bit younger than me. I'm in my, I'm in my mid thirties. So when it came out, I, I feel like I was in high school or maybe even early college, but like, so I was, my mind was, you know, starting to appreciate some of these, uh, some of these concepts. So I, yeah, it, it, it blew the shoes off of my feet. Uh, I was probably a little high while watching it too. So that probably helped. <laughs> Yeah, I was about uh, seven years old. Yeah, so you <laughs> you probably weren't high at the theater like I was. No. Uh, yeah, I was probably, yeah, I was, I, I, my guess is probably like 16 or 17 for me. Um, okay, next question. What was the first altcoin you ever purchased? Uh, Ethereum. Okay. Yeah, Ethereum. Now, was it Bitcoin first and then Ethereum right away? Or did you hold Bitcoin for a while and then purchase Ethereum? Uh, well, no, it was pretty much around the same time. My, my, I kind of got involved, uh, when I started kind of doing graphics and graphic designs for cryptocurrency. And so the first cryptocurrencies I was paid in were Ethereum and Litecoin. So it was Bitcoin, Ethereum and Litecoin. And that was the advice I got, um, was basically purchase these three and then kind of start to get involved in the community. Yep. I think that's, that, that's good advice. Um, Okay. Now, when you were a kid, so during the time when you were watching The Matrix for the first time, um, I always like to I always like to know uh, your childhood favorite song. So, kind of in that in that eight to twelve range, or you know what I mean, like in that 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 time where you're you're turning into a teenager. What was your favorite song growing up? Um, I liked uh, I liked rock a lot. Yeah. I'm thinking of a specific song, but I can't remember the title. So I'm going to go with uh, that Queen song, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody, great song. That's a, that's a good uh, that's a good childhood song. I think that one gives you a lot of. I mean, that holds up. There's there there are very very few songs that hold up the way uh, Bohemian Rhapsody does. Uh, my my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, she uh, just started listening to Queen. She's a big fan. She's a big fan of. Uh, What's the song uh, from the Flash Gordon soundtrack, Flash by Queen? She likes that one a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, big fan of Bohemian Rhapsody, too. All right, next question. Um, what is your uh, favorite comfort food? Pizza. That's a go-to. I just ha- I literally just had pizza this evening. 
Um, are you now, I know a hot topic on Twitter is, uh, you know, shout out to Bully, but are, are you a fan of the, the Hawaiian pizza or is there a particular type of pizza that you like uh, or do you like basically all pizzas? You know, I normally go with the uh, the classic cheese pizza. No or pepperoni the, or just cheese? The margarita or the pepperoni. Growing All up, right. I hated growing up. I hated pepperoni, but I grew to love pepperoni. One day in college, I was really high and just decided <laughs> that it was time to have a pepperoni slice, even though I had always hated it, and fell in love with pepperoni pizza on that day. Um, taste buds change. They sure do, don't they? Because there was a, uh, there, there was a lot of things I hated growing up too, and I, I love them. I'm now. not afraid of pineapple and ham, man. Uh, it's so good. I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't choose it, but it, it's it's. I'm not going. I eat everything, so I I'm not it. going to war for Hawaiian. But at the end of the day, it's a good pizza. You get you get pineapple, you get ham, you put a little hot sauce on there. That's a treat. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not militant in my love of of Hawaiian. So yeah, I think T- ham on pizza is an underrated topic. I agree. Very good. I uh, I was I was out of town the other day, uh, and I was getting like Canada's version of DoorDash, um, and I accidentally ordered from like a halal pizza place. And I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get bacon, ham, or pepperoni. <laughs> so I'm like, I think I had like ground beef and like mushroom. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, I'm kind of weird Falafel pizza places. Pizza. Yeah, it was it was good, but yeah, I was I was it, it took me a while to figure out uh, why I couldn't get ham, pepperoni, or bacon. A uh, little little disappointed, but uh, pretty good pizza overall. I was in Germany uh, this month, and I had uh, Speck pizza for the first time. There's there's a name for it. I forget the name, but it's it's it translates to fire cake okay and it is delicious it, mm-hmm. it's like uh speck is basically like uh chunks of bacon mm-hmm. and and there's onions on the pie and it's just basically like a cheese cracker with, with bacon and oh i'm and down onion. that sounds good it's dank it is. <laughs> super dank food, food in germany is dank really i eh? they get i think i feel like they get uh, the short end of the stick when it comes to uh culinary cuisine um but, i wasn't i i wasn't uh i wasn't expecting it but i really enjoyed it and i think half of it was because i spent the trip with you know people that are native there mm-hmm. and they they knew they, they knew sh- what to eat they knew what to eat they showed me a good time well, that's good that's good all right um next question let's mix it up a little bit here uh growing up what was your favorite halloween costume Ooh, either pirate or Power Ranger, Blue Power Ranger. Blue Power Ranger. That was, uh, if memory serves me correctly, Triceratops, right? I don't know. But I, 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 I feel like I'm. I, th- I feel like I got that one right. I, I was a big. I, I caught the. I caught the very first kind of season of of Power Rangers before I thought I was too old to watch it. I probably watched it a little too too late in in, uh, in my life. But uh, yeah. Um. Okay. What about? Um, okay. Zombie apocalypse happens tomorrow. You have one weapon to choose. What's your weapon? Katana. Straight up katana. I love it. Um, you know, you don't have to reload it. Unlimited rounds. Uh, a lot of people like to go to guns. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think I think blunt or sharp object is the way to go. I I always typically go with the uh, the uh, Negan bat or the Charlie Ke- Charlie Kelly rat killing bat from It's Always Sunny. I think that's uh, that's in this in the same in the same vein. As long as I have something, I'm happy. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of uh, of zombies as a rule, 
Um, so yeah, if I have an opportunity to take some out, I'm absolutely going to. But I think it'd be really cool to be like fucking samurai master, you know? I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. We'll do one more. Um, I'm always a big fan of conspiracy theories. Nothing too insane. Um, but what, uh, do you have a favorite conspiracy theory? I don't. I think, you know, maybe we didn't land on the moon. It's hard to tell. Right. Didn't we? Mm. It's, it's possible that, you know, aliens it, have come and made contact with Earth and the government has covered that up. That's fair a possibility. Enough. Yep. Uh, I generally disagree with the theory that reality is a computer simulation. Like a Matrix-like simulation? Um, yeah, I think... I think that uh, it's an organic simulation, but not a computer Ooh. that exists within uh, within uh, Saturn or something. I hear what you're saying. Um, okay, I like this. I've been actually thinking about this a lot more lately. Is the the simulation, uh, or you know, some sort of you know experiment, or you know, what what is happening? So I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, I'm yeah, also well, if you, if you think about like you know. It's, it's kind of common kind of Buddhist and, and Hindu philosophy that you live and you die and you live again. Um, and this idea that kind of what the senses tell us is real is all we can possibly know is real. Exactly. Uh, and so that can be kind of created uh, in a way that is that, I, that provides I, this kind of experience. I like I like where your thought is on that. I've also been playing with the idea of uh, obviously we are just the universe experiencing itself. Um, oh, that's a fact. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, it's just, you know, we're, all, we're obviously molecularly speaking, uh, we are all connected and the universe itself is just living our lives through us. And we simultaneously are living every single life at once. Right. So the Zen mind is that every single experience that has ever been experienced uh, in the history of mankind is kind of recorded and stored in this, you know, universal blockchain called the Zen, Zen mind. I like this. I actually had a quasi nervous breakdown, not a nervous, but it feels too, it, it's too, it's too uh, severe when I say nervous breakdown, but I was having some, you know, some, some issues dealing with um, free will. And, and, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I started to understand that, you know, the decisions we make aren't ours and we are just, you know, um, basically any decision we do make is, is not necessarily predetermined, but there is no other option. Essentially saying that all of our life experience and micro experiences are dictating what decisions we make and not necessarily the choices we make. I agree, um, but sometimes that ends up leading to the inability to make decisions. In life. I agree. When you think, when you think oh, I, uh, you know, should I choose French fries or uh, chicken nuggets at McDonald's? Mm -hmm. And it's like, maybe, maybe that is predetermined. Maybe we don't have a choice there, but it, it creates indecision when you consciously think, think about up. it. I yeah. agree. So, um, but one would argue that even that indecision is part of the decision. Uh, so I, I, I had a huge, uh, I was having this, this, this kind of meltdown about it. And I was talking to one of my coworkers, who's a, a very smart guy who, 
um, you know, does a, does a lot of this type of, of thought experiment. And he's like, oh, you're just talking about uh, determinism. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I, you know, I'm not college educated like you are. Uh, and he, you know, he explained to me what it was. And then I started doing a ton of research on it. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So I, you know, accidentally uh, fell into a philosophical, uh, you know, vortex uh, on determinism. Yeah, I think, I think pra- uh, practical philosophy is amazing. And it has helped me through everything in my life. But uh, th- at the end of the day, you know, you can't live like you, you can't make your own decisions. You have to at I agree. some point uh, just decide to, you know, live in this world. Just live, and exactly. Make, make decisions uh, that are in your own best interest. I agree. So, no, I'm, I, see, I, I knew we would be similar in this thought. So I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation. This is good. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, this is some interesting stuff. Now, uh, to touch on the moon conspiracy, do you, you had mentioned maybe, or, you know, there's a possibility that, that it wasn't, uh, that it was, wasn't a real event. Uh, are you in the camp that Stanley Kubrick was the one that directed the moon landing? Oh, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. A, a friend of a friend of mine brought it up recently, where it was like, "How did they uh, transfer live video from the moon back to Earth uh, at that time when the right. te- technology was just so primitive?" A hundred percent. And uh, you know, it's interesting. In, in middle school, there was I had a teacher who showed us kind of the moon landing conspiracy theory. I generally don't subscribe to conspiracy theories. I don't think they're practical. No, so I, I, I don't uh, I don't involve myself in them. However, this one specifically kind of always stuck with me. It was just the fact that maybe it didn't happen that kind of changed the way I thought a little bit when I was really young. It was like all of a sudden everything that I kind of – I never had really questioned, you know, what the media was telling us. And, and this changed my wiring of my brain a little bit that opened me up to kind of new spaces and, and new new levels of inquiry that – were really helpful for for me later in life. No, I'm uh, I'm I'm with you. I like I like those events in your life that start to, you know, change or shift the the perspective on how you see life. So, um, this is uh, this is an interesting conversation. So, I mean, that basically does it for my questions for you. Um, um, I want to give you some time to talk about some of the projects you're working on. Yeah. So, um, there's a lot. I know I there's a lot. You are a busy man. <laughs> so uh, I guess I'll start with uh, Honeyminer. Yep. Honeyminer is an application that allows users to mine cryptocurrencies and automatically exchanges that for Bitcoin from any computer um, that they, they own, any personal computer, be it a, a, a PC or a Mac. We recently launched Mac. I know. Yeah, that was uh, very, very big news. We were, we were chatting about that when you launched. Yeah, that was a really great launch. And now Honeyminer is... Uh, building up a new product offering that is called Hotel Honey. Okay, I like and I like what I'm hearing so far. Essentially, uh, Honey Miner has um, partnerships or has its own mining operations all over the U.S. And those mining operations are now renting GPU power to users who are looking to ramp up hash power. Maybe they're Honey Miner users who. Uh, are only mining on Mac and only mining on CPU where they're not right. really making much every day. Yep. They can purchase, let's say $60 or however much hash power they want uh, to secure a GPU that exists in a mining farm somewhere in the U S uh, to mine 
exclusively for them uh, during that time period that they have purchased. And this is just a, a really exciting new new uh, product offering that we are working on at Honeyminer. Interesting. Um, now, could could these people um, can can you only mine Bitcoin, or can you select different coins to mine? So right now, the the kind of MVP or proof of concept first version is uh, we are allowing users to mine ETHash, which is the uh, mining algorithm for Ethereum, mm -hmm. um, and they can either get direct deposit Ethereum directly into a wallet where they own the private keys, yep. or they can have it automatically pay out in Bitcoin to their Honeyminer accounts. Interesting. Yeah, and it, I, people are really taking to it. it it's, it's kind of a, an exciting new start to, to a new product offering from Honeyminer, which is, which is always fun for me. Um, That's then exciting. we have, yeah, it's, it's great. And then we have Pevedap. Pevedap is a marketplace where artists, uh, generally meme artists, can mm -hmm. now monetize their memes, where you can create a meme, upload it to Pepedap, and uh, sell it at whatever supply and price you choose. Um, we are working to port Pepedap over from ERC-420, which is a Ethereum standard that we created for Pepedap, uh, over to ERC-721, so that uh, users of multiple different DAP marketplaces can buy and sell Pepedap cards, um, and view those Pepe Dap cards with just directly within their applications uh, gotcha. without having to go to their collection on uh, PepeDap.com. On, on the site itself. Now, yeah. I think like th that would allow you to look at it on like Cypher or apps like that. Is that correct? Yeah. So you would be able to see it on Coinbase Wallet directly on your wallet. You'd oh, be able really? to see it on Cypher directly on your wallet. Um, it also enables uh, other developers to port Pepe Dap cards into uh, current Ethereum Dap games that exist. So... If you have a, a card game that exists on Ethereum, you can port PepeDap cards into that card game and give them certain powers and attacks and defenses and stuff. Awesome. So it opens PepeDap up uh, in a way that has not previously existed for our application, which is really exciting. That is exciting. So are, what's the, what are some of the, the, the newest uh, cards available on PepeDap? Uh, right now, we are just kind of letting artists create whatever they want. Um, generally, we um, hold on, I'm signing into PepeDev right now. But generally, we just uh, piggyback on popular memes sure. on Twitter. So let me just let me just see what the hottest, the newest card is. Uh, a lot of them are psychedelic. Um, I'm a big oh, fan of the, the hottest. Card. The newest card is the real Satoshi, and it's uh, Craig Wright in Pepe form. I love it. And the 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 card description is this card has been protected under copyright. Uh, so <laughs> just kind of playing off the idea that uh, Craig copyrighted the the Satoshi Nakamoto white paper. I, I like that. Well, uh, yeah, I like. So what what's the uh, what what can I purchase that one for right now? Uh, right now, this one is three Ethereum, but that's because the 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 original supply was ten. Okay. So it seems like that supply got bought up at the original price. And now the market is is open for uh, resellers to choose their price. That's nice. All right. Well, that's a steal of a deal at uh, two hundred. I remember buying these cards uh, when Ethereum was well over five hundred dollars. I think I believe, right? So three Ethereum. It's a good deal for a uh, you know uh, the creator of Bitcoin himself. <laughs> uh, so that's that's pretty cool. So what else? What else are you working on? Um, so we are also working on Unbanked. Unbanked is a 
weekly crypto newsletter that for people who can't keep up with what's going on in uh, the crypto space mm-hmm. on Twitter and on Reddit, um, we kind of provide the, uh, the five or six uh, to 10 hottest um, new developments or, or scoops in crypto um, and kind of um, put our opinions on those within a newsletter format. And uh, Unbanked's a previously blockchain brew. It's a very popular newsletter. We have 16,000 subscribers. I think we're one of the most subscribed to newsletters in the entire blockchain industry. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. Everyone who uses it loves it. We have a very high open rates. Um, people just tend to uh, rely on Unbanked as their kind of weekly update for what's going on in crypto. And uh, that that's what we do uh, to provide. That's awesome. That's awesome. And sorry, that you, uh, Unbanked used to be called... Bitcoin brew? Is that what I heard? Blockchain brew, yeah. Blockchain brew. Okay. That's interesting. So it, it's now unbanked. It, we, I mean, we have uh, 11,000 followers on Twitter. So it, it's a pretty popular application. Like I said, over, uh, sorry, pretty popular project. Uh, 11,000 plus Twitter followers, 16,000 plus subscribers. and uh, Holy smokes. Yeah, generally we just get great feedback. The hardest, you're the hardest yeah. working man on blockchain, man. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm doing a lot. I got, I got, I got my feet in uh, in too many doors. Holy smoke! So you got let me let me see if I got this right. So you got Honey Miner, you got Pepe Dap, you got Unbanked. Yep. Uh, it, I have an an, an unnamed uh, business um, that uh, does social media management for certain uh, blockchain related projects. Interesting. And I we also are um, we have just finished our MVP, which is minimum viable product of Twitch. Uh, now, so, what is Twitch? So Twitch is basically, I can't talk about it yet because okay. we are not, we're not, uh, we're not bringing in too many users onto the platform yet, but essentially Twitch is the interface to Bitcoin. So what you can do is you can upload uh, data and uh, information. And in the future, you'll be able to do all kinds of stuff uh, using Twitch on the blockchain where you can, people can, and content creators can get paid for the information that they post online and for the attention that they put to online platforms. Interesting. So Twitch is is, is really exciting because uh, it's a way for users who are already kind of using stuff like Twitter and Facebook for free to right. own their data and to get paid for uh, their attention on that plat- on the platform. Interesting. Now that's Twitch, T-W-E-T-C-H? Yep, and you can sign up for the waitlist at twet.ch. .ch. All right, we'll, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Now, I, I'm scared to even ask you, is there is there anything else you're working on? Please uh, tell me yes, that's it. Oh, but, no. <laughs> uh, I, there, yeah, no, there's a lot of secret stuff I'm working on that I, I, I can't talk about publicly yet. This is bananas. But, uh, Definitely uh, very, very excited about Twitch. Twitch is our next app post Pepe Dap. It's the next, uh, you know, Coinyzy Randy production. Produ- I and love it. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be the biggest one. Wow. I mean, this is, uh, this is pretty exciting stuff here. Um, you know, we did say don't die for Bitcoin, man. So uh, I, think, I think that's enough. Just speaking as a, as a friend and and fellow uh you know fellow creator in this space 
Um, I think that's enough. I think you got to take a deep breath. Uh, I don't want you working yourself to death here. Well, I love working and I, and I love the philosophy that, uh, you know, solving problems is kind of one of the most satisfying things that you can do in life. So, so whether you're, you know, sweeping up dog shit or you're, uh, you know, working in the mines or you're, you know, no matter what you're doing, as long as you're problem solving and you're using your, your creative mind, uh, to do things that have never been done before, uh, it's a very satisfying thing. And, and I love, I love what I do. I wouldn't trade it for anything. So that's, fantastic. I want more work, not less. I love it. I love it, Randy. This is one of my favorite conversations that I've had in a long time. So, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan talking with you like this makes me an even bigger fan. So, um, do you have anything else you would like to plug? Uh, no, uh, I guess that's it. Shout out to my, my crew at Unbanked. Shout out to my crew at Honeyminer. Shout out to CoinEasy. We're going to tag all these guys in the, uh, in the post. So this show is going to come out. Uh, so we're recording uh, Wednesday early evening. This is going to come out in uh, about six hours or so. Uh, so it's, uh, we'll make sure to plug all, all these guys, and we're going to tag them in, uh, in our post tomorrow morning. Um, so if that does it for you, that does it for me. We want, to rem- we want to remind everybody that today's hashtag is don't die for Bitcoin. And for myself and the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the wrecked crew, uh, we just want to say don't get wrecked. And that is financial advice. <laughs>